All right, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We're your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Monica, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 17 through 24 of The Blood of Olympus. This week, both the perspectives are Jason's girlfriends. <laughs> what a player. I know. Multiple wow. girlfriends, and he's only, he I think, just turned 16 or 17. I think 16. Yeah. 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 It's impressive. Wow. G- good for him. I, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. 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 Both, good for Jason. I would say both ladies are very out of his league. So, you know what? Good I agree. For him. I agree. Um, he really, he, he reached both and times. And he somehow grabbed. Who knew? Yeah. 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 Who knew? And he rejected Reina, which is insane to me. Who would do that? I know. Absolutely. It's like every, each time I read her perspective, I'm like, she's so cool. <laughs> um, The summary, just because I want to get into this, because I feel like we have a lot to discuss, um, summarizing what we're going to be dealing with is Reyna deals with some childhood trauma, and Piper Mm. deals with some current trauma, I think is the best way to describe that. So I get to go first with Piper's perspective, so. We're traumatizing our women this week. (laughs) Yeah, nothing better. Mm -hmm. All right, so Piper, chapter 17 through 20. So chapter 17 starts with Frank and Piper having spent all morning looking for this mysterious poison to, like, help make this physician's cure that was mentioned in the earlier episode chapters. And they're in the port of Pylos. Piper has been seeing her father's poster all over the city with his abs out, and it's quite horrifying for a teenage girl. Even for an adult girl, never want to see that. Oh, I'd be uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. She also mentions a conversation that she had had the previous night with Aphrodite, but she doesn't want to think about it, so we actually don't ever get to know it. So that's just, just, you know, Hmm. letting you know now. Piper and Frank get directions from a ghost to where Frank's shape-shifting relatives are kind of hanging out, and they head towards a cave on the cliffside. Frank asks Piper to wait for him, thinking it would be better to talk to his distant relatives' cousins by himself. After a little while, Frank comes out of the cave with an older man who gives him a stone or a piece of glass and then bids him farewell. Kind of weird that that's not, like, from Frank's perspective. Right? Because <laughs> I feel like in the last Frank bit, he was like, wow, I'm going to go to Pylos and meet my ancestors. And he's and really now excited like, about it. And then Frank goes into a cave. <laughs> and then he comes out. Piper looks just like hangs out of the beach and is like, I want to go surfing. That would be nice one day to do. Hopefully the world doesn't end and then Frank comes back out. Yeah. Um, All right. There's that. Frank tells Piper that his relatives hadn't been excited to see him as he had hoped. (laughs) It was a common occurrence, apparently, for lost relatives to visit them once in a while. And he kind of lets Piper know that he he thinks that his relatives didn't love that he was the son of Mars, but also that he was Chinese. Like, I'll sprinkle of racism for you. Mm -hmm. They did, however, give him a vial of the poison. Frank wistfully talks about Gaius Vitalis Ridiculousus. Hmm. Which what? is a long-ass name. He's a healer from the fifth cohort who for sure would have known how to turn this poison into the physician's cure that they need. And so they talk about finding a healer and trying to figure it out. But Piper has hope that they'll find a healer eventually. 
it's a really pointless. This chapter is stupid, but anyway, um, they <laughs> <laughs> they take a charm speaked spoken boatman back to the Argo too, and they go talk to the gang that's all on the dock, mostly because Percy is keeping track of a really red sea serpent that's just chilling in the water. Frank tells them that his cousins told them that the chained god is Ares, specifically a statue. The Spartans kept a statue of him chained to their city so that the spirit of war could never leave them. And I was like, they need to have invested in some hobbies because, my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they ask Piper about her visions in the knife, and she says that she sees her and Annabeth exploring some ruins and then a cave which has this bronze statue. When Piper touches the statue, flames swirl around them and the vision ends. As the crew debates what the vision could mean, Piper thinks back to her her mysterious conversation with her mother. Aphrodite apparently told her exactly what was to come and what Piper would have to do in order to stop Gaia. And she kind of hints that it might be sacrificing her own life. But we don't get to know that, though. They decide to follow Piper's vision and Frank's cousin's advice and they head to Sparta. If I were Piper, I would just make up visions. <laughs> they're really, like, they're really trusting in her to just tell them. I would be like, I saw this vision of us just, like, going to a resort. I crazy, know. And just, like, sitting on the beach. And, like, Jason was, like, waiting on my every move. <laughs> it's crazy. We have to follow the vision or the gods will, you know, the fates will smote us. Yeah, we have to. Sorry, guys. I also I had this in my notes because it's getting really frustrating. Like, it was fine the first two times, but every single point of view since literally the last book, they have mentioned Frank's new hotness. And like his Frank's physique. hot now. Yeah. Okay, but we get it. He's hot, but Piper's like looking at him. She describes exactly what he's wearing and how good he looks. And like, she's like, damn. Piper's like, am I about to leave Jason? <laughs> well, she's like, she likes Frank a lot because she's like, he's so sweet. And he's like taken a lot of the burden that Frank, I mean, that Jason had away by becoming Praetor. So now Jason has a chance to return with me to Camp Half blood but at the same time she's like hey like feeling his torso and she gives him a hug and i was like percy's mentioned it annabeth's mentioned it every single person has mentioned how hot frank is now yeah yeah or at least we we're, we're it's established that frank is hot to everyone i don't think did leo mention it i think so leo mentioned yeah, it because okay. he's talking about how he and frank get along now because he's not pining over his frank's hot. <laughs> also because frank's hot which is like almost it's like it's been shoved down my throat so much i almost don't believe it anymore i'm like you guys are lying <laughs> he's actually not hot anymore it's just a like gaslighting me into believing he's hot he got a haircut and they're just like really trying to convince him it looks okay. <laughs> they're just actually drooling because he like, you know, wore some bit bit of fitter pants. <laughs> anyway. So that was that chapter. Chapter 18, Jason visits Piper in her room after dinner with the doors open, of course, keeping it PG. Piper mm. and Jason kind of check in with each other. Jason is clearly still in pain, but he can also sense something is bothering Piper, so they just kinda hold hands for a bit and chat. Jason thanks her for keeping him alive and confides that he's worried he's going to turn into a bitter ghost like his mother, that he has his mother's DNA and he sees all of her flaws about being a coward, about running away and on this like 
bitterness about her own life. He sees it a bit in him and he's worried that he's made the wrong decisions in his life and he's going to end up like her. Just super intense. He's like, by yeah, the way. a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then Piper takes this moment for some reason to tell Jason a Cherokee story about making choices. Oh my god. Like, oh <laughs> Again. man. It's like three pages of just, which is so annoying. I'm just like, I was a bit irritated, these two chapters, because the last two chapters of Piper's perspective are so cool and really well written. And these two mm-hmm. chapters are so stupid. It's like he just had to get to four chapters, you know? Apparently. But he could have just elaborated on the last two chapters a bit more and, like, elongated Piper and Annabeth's adventures. Instead, we get this. Anyway, so the mm-hmm. Cherokee stories, the moral is basically you should trust your instincts. And you you, sh- you are the only one who knows what's best for you. Anyway, they have a cute moment and they're about to kiss when Leo shows up and tells Jason that the Venti are back and they're attacking the ship again. He leaves and Piper falls asleep and has a nightmare, which is classic. Now we get a bunch of information dumped on us in this nightmare. Piper flies over the Acropolis in her nightmare in Athens and over the Parthenon. It seems completely empty of mortals, but it's filled with giants. She recognizes a few, all dressed in their usual over-the-top garb, like specific to their like niche powers, because Brittany's, you know an angel and great at styling her giants. She really is. Mm. How does she have so much time? No one knows. I think she has like a sketchbook where she's just like putting yeah. looks, a lookbook for the giants. Oh, she's, amazing. Oh, she's constantly hustling. <laughs> she counts up, Piper, not Brittany. Piper counts <laughs> over 20 giants, even though she had assumed like all of us, there'd be 12, one to oppose each god. That's apparently not true. There's just like a bunch of giants. So that's, you know, horrible news for them. In the middle of the giants is a makeshift throne made from random ruins. A new giant enters the chat. He's described as a TV mobster with a velvet tracksuit and gold chains, but he also has dragon feet and burnt orange skin. He asks to see King Porphyrion, which do you remember him from um, last book? He's like Gaia's favorite son. Hmm. Wow, we clearly remember these books so well. We do. There's just too many giants. All of them are just... There's 20 of them. And they keep coming back. And they keep being like, do you remember me? I hate this particular god. I'm like, no, I don't remember you. Sorry. We actually meet three new giants in this chapter alone. So hold on to your butts. So this mobster (laughs) giant um, basically runs over to King Porphyrion and tells him you know, all this information about the gang. He's like, they defeated the ghosts in Ithaca. They already captured Nike. I'm really worried that they're, you know, we're tempting fate. Porphyrion is not worried, though. Apparently, the gang is going on the path that the giants had expected. The mobster is worried that the kids will reach Sparta and release the Makai. But Porphyrion says that the giant Mimas is waiting in Sparta for the kiddos. Then a giant female or a giant female a female giant um who is a giant woman (laughs) well that is what she is and piper is like floored she's like women can be giants i'm into this amazing yeah so this is feminism (laughs) this is porphyrion's daughter and her name is peribobia hmm 
And she clarifies to the readers, because clearly they've already... The Emporiorians, we literally discussed this. Why are we talking about this again? Um, but the reason that they are not on Mount Olympus, like the gang had originally assumed that this battle would take place in, is because Mount Olympus is empty now. And Porfirion thought it'd be a lot more impactful to have all of this happen in the center of Greece, where, you know, a lot of ruins are still standing instead of like in the corner when, you know, it can't be televised. No one's going to be streaming it there. (laughs) He's also confident because they've taken Delphi and Apollo has been like banished out of Mount Olympus in shame because of it. And they have this guy named Thune. He's a giant who was born to kill the fates which means no more prophecies and they can kind of do whatever they want. In that moment, Annabeth wakes Piper up, telling her they've reached Sparta and they need to get ready. So it was just like a lot of info dumping. Now let's get to the good chapters. So chapter 19, when Piper tells Percy her dreams, he gets so upset he accidentally explodes all the toilets on board, which is classic Percy. Nice, Percy. That goes back, I remember like a while ago, we got a lightning bolt question that was like, do you guys think Percy could make a bidet happen out of a toilet? Oh, 100%. Yes. This is proof. Don't know if the water coming back up out of the toilets is, is it clean water or is it the sewage water? I don't know. I hope it's clean. That sounds like a nightmare to clean. It really does. Um... Percy doesn't like the two of them going down to Sparta alone, but Annabeth says that they should follow Piper's vision, and so they go without any assistance. They spend the morning checking the city's museums for clues and are finally forced to check the ruins at the edge of the city. The ruins were once Sparta's Acropolis, but it's now not much going on with it. It's just rubble. Piper notices Annabeth staring at the Argo too in the distance and reveals to us that Annabeth has confided a lot of the horrors that she and Percy had experienced in Tartarus to Piper. Annabeth is still shaken and tells Piper that for some reason she can't get Percy's expression while he was ed- at the edge of chaos when, you know, when he was water bending mm-hmm. and choking. Poison, the poison, poison bending and shit. Exactly. She's like, that face still haunts me and so scary, scary. Piper thinks back to her conversation with Jason about choices. And she thinks about what it would be like if Percy decided or chose to be actually scary anything like, you know, dark Percy or whatever. She comforts Annabeth, who's feeling so hopeless. Annabeth knows that there's more sacrifices ahead, and she can't pretend that she and Percy are going to get the happy ending that she's always wanted. Every time she wants that, something horrible happens to them. Piper deduces that Annabeth is scared, but she's also angry. She's angry at Percy for frightening her. She's mad at her mom for sending her on the Mark of Athena quest. She's mad at literally everyone for just continuously fucking up her life and making her feel so helpless. Piper holds her hand and comforts her, and they sit together for a moment until a roar comes from the ruins. One of the stone-lined pits erupts in a, like a geyser of fire and then just abruptly shuts off. There are three pits about equal distance from each other that keep erupting in flames and then turning off. Annabeth tries to time them to see if there's a pattern, but she can't deduce anything. Piper figures out it's not rational, it's about emotion. Piper jumps into the pit, much to Annabeth's horror, and Piper falls for a while until she hits the stone floor. She feels the fire start again and it kind of lightly burns her, but she instinctively takes takes out her sword and slashes and ends up cutting off the head of a dragon. It's actually a bronze dragon, and there are three of them, and they are just shooting fire. They're not automatons or anything like that. 
They're just things that shoot fire based off of emotion. And Piper calmly cuts the other two down. So the room that she's in is about the size of a helicopter pad. The walls are covered in graffiti that are actually Greek inscriptions. At the end of the room is a statue of a human warrior with heavy bronze chains wrapped around on it. On either side of the statue are doorways with gruesome stone faces carved into the archway. Piper calls to Annabeth who comes down as well. Annabeth doesn't like the place and they can even hear the heartbeat of the statue that adds to their fear. Piper deduces that this is the temple of fear and as she does, a giant emerges from the darkness and he's like, I'm here to kill you. Correct. You should be afraid. So chapter 20, Piper's worst and most fearful memories kind of crash back at her when her dad was kidnapped and she thought he was going to die. The giant is about to slash his hammer when she suddenly snaps out of it just in time to tackle an equally frozen Annabeth out of the way. Annabeth is dazed and moves slowly and Piper understands because Annabeth has a lot more intense trauma that is currently haunting her. Basically, this giant is allowed, like, this giant and the temple is forcing them to relive their worst memories and Annabeth just has, you know, so many that she gets to choose from at this moment because of Tartarus and because of, you know, everything that happened to her PJO too. She has some really, like, fresh, fresh trauma. Yeah. Piper tells Annabeth to follow her. No plans, they just need to move. Piper leads Annabeth through one of the doors and holds her hand, telling her to keep her eyes open. Annabeth has this moment where she's like, we're back in Knight's Mansion. We have to close our eyes because we can't see what's going on. And Piper's like, no, ma'am, stay in the present time. <laughs> keep your eyes open. Don't succumb to your past traumas. Basically, they can't hide from the darkness. They can't get out of this place using reason, which is like Annabeth's kryptonite not being able to plan and use reason. Mm -hmm. I very much feel her for that. Same. The giant yells an introduction at them, which is hilarious. I'm like, <laughs> why are you at this moment? He's like following them. He can't get through the doorways to get to them, but he it just keeps looping back into the main room. It doesn't make any sense. And he's like taking this time to just yell out like who he is. He's like, my name is Mimas. I was created to slay Hephaestus. So he's the destroyer of plans, which is hilarious. That's like, like my worst enemy. Personally, I hate him. <laughs> he's just a big procrastination. Yeah. I hate him. I love the idea of him running after them being like, hey guys, you want to know my name? <laughs> I'm the destroyer of plans. Um, he says that basically nothing goes right when he's around. I'm like, that's not a bragging thing, my dude. No. That's really sad. Like, no one's going to invite you to any parties. <laughs> Piper decides to instead talk whatever is in her heart. She's like, I'm going to monologue because that's the way I woke Festus. I didn't think about it. I just followed what it was in my intuition. She talks to him basically and kind of aloud about how Spartans actually didn't chain Ares to keep him in the city. They basically used this temple to come down and face their worst fears before battle. She says that Ares' powers and the Maki, Makai, I think, should never be released unless you understand how dangerous they are. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to take this moment to just, it's like that TikTok sound. It's like, never let him know your next move. <laughs> She runs straight at Mimas and unbalances him because he wasn't expecting her to charge at him. Mimas then rants about Ares not being there at this time to save them. You know how the giants, every every villain in the PJO universe 
does a call back to the last time they were slayed, which is why all of them hate Percy so much, but they also go back to Titan War, mm -hmm. and he's basically ranting that he was fighting Hephaestus and he would have won, but Ares decided to join in and double team, which he thinks is unfair. But this time Ares isn't there to save them, and if Damison had done his job right back in the Titan War, Mimas would have won against Hephaestus and Ares. Now, upon hearing her friend being slandered, this is the thing that snaps Annabeth out, and she angrily charges at the giant. She's like, don't talk shit about my friend. Tartarus Shrek. Tartarus Shrek. She's like, he was so important to me, and he sacrificed himself for us, so, you know, die now. Piper takes this moment to slash at the giant's face. She ends up cutting off his ear, which is surprisingly gruesome. Very Van Gogh. <laughs> that is true, yeah. <laughs> Piper grabs Annabeth and goes through a second doorway. Nothing makes sense in the structure of this place, and Annabeth starts panicking again. Piper holds her face. This is like the most romantic, until I didn't yeah. remember this scene, and I know a lot of people ship them together. And I This is where this. the Pipabeth shippers really gain some power here. Yeah, it's super romantic, but more than, even if it's not like a romantic love, there's just so much love in this chapter, yeah. which I really love. She like, like they touch their foreheads together and Piper is just like calming her down. She tells her that her fear cannot be reasoned with, but neither can hate. They are similar to love in that way. And that's why Ares and Aphrodite were drawn to each other. And that's how they created fear and panic. So fear and panic in that way are Piper's brothers, which is crazy to think about. Piper asks Annabeth to just trust the future will be okay, even though she can't plan for it, which is kind of a callback to earlier last chapter where Annabeth started feeling just really helpless about trying to plan a future she knows can never happen with Percy. And Annabeth's like, I, I can't do that. I can't trust that my future is going to be okay. Piper decides to take a different av avenue. And there she instead suggests Annabeth can control herself by thinking about getting revenge for Bob and Damison instead. And Annabeth's like, I can do that. I can think about being angry for revenge rather than trying to put hope into a future, which I really resonated Damn. with. Damn. And so she is able to calm down and together they run towards the giant and slash at his knees. This is like perfect, like synchronized girl boss moment where mm. basically Piper tells Annabeth to keep him occupied while she goes to the statue of Ares. She gives, she's like, I have to sacrifice something in order to be considered quote-unquote worthy for this gift. So she gives up her cornucopia as an offering. And she also out loud accepts that she's terrified and doesn't want to do this, but it's necessary. And she slashes the statue open. The room fills with firestorms of emotion, hatred, bloodlust, fear, but there's also love in there. The Makai whisper in her ear, we will answer when you call. When you need us, destruction and carnage shall answer. We shall complete your cure. Then they disappear. Together, Piper and Annabeth easily slash down the giant. Piper gives her spoils of war, which is Mimas' ear, which is really gross, as a second sacrifice, as a way to get out of this crumbling room, and they run through the doorway as the room collapses. Nice. Um, <laughs> so one of my notes which I thought about while apparently writing this is like, so Piper 
unlike the dreams where they experience either the future or the past happening to them in real time, like to their own bodies, Piper sees her vision as like a third party looking on the knife. And my question is, do you think she just like stares at herself like the way that we do when we watch Zoom? Yeah, you see yourself move because it's just so weird to see yourself in motion because you've never I seen like yourself you have in motion. To, you know, yeah, like you're just drawn to it on Zoom. I watch myself more than anyone else, and that's not like I don't want to. I just like I'm like when I move, I'm like, oh, what's she doing? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's me. Because it's crazy to see yourself in motion because you've only seen yourself in the mirror or in pictures, right? So when you see yourself mm-hmm. animated and moving and like zoom and stuff, you're like, that's what I look like when I talk to people. So I just wonder if Piper's like, is that what I look like when I burn in a random room with Annabeth? That's crazy. Yeah. Is that what my hair looks like? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I look cool. I need to work on my form a little bit there. <laughs> Um, another note is when Piper is trying to comfort Annabeth because she's so overwhelmed and angry, um, Piper's way of comforting her is like, Percy cares about you so much. He'll never leave you. And Annabeth's like, that is not my fear. Like Annabeth is secure in Percy's love for her. Annabeth is worried that dark Percy is like a thing and that scares her. And I think it's very telling that that's what Piper thinks is comfort. Yeah, because she's afraid that Jason will leave her. Yeah, and she doesn't know how much Jason likes her either. Mm -hmm. That is telling. Overall, the first two chapters were really annoying, just like with the Cherokee story... That was seemed unnecessary, except for Rick being like, "Oh, here's some culture I don't know about," mm-hmm. and um, Jason and Piper, which was it was better than it has been, but it's still not my favorite. And just Piper just being like wistful, and the mm-hmm. last two chapters just being so powerful in the development yeah. of Piper's character. It's like when she's not with Jason. She's a lot more interesting, unfortunately. And when she's not thinking about it, like these two chapters mm-hmm. were powerful because she doesn't, the only time she thinks about Jason is in comparison to how she can understand Annabeth's feelings to Percy. And yeah. she's trying to be thinking about the choices conversation. And I liked that. And I'm like, wow, Piper is so interesting when it's not, when they back past the Bechtel test, essentially. It's really oh. interesting. We love to see it. Piper and Annabeth pass the Bechtel test today. Kind of, and almost. Kind of. Yeah. yeah, I think so. They had they had other things to talk about. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, they did talk about Percy for most of it, but, yeah. Well, you know. same. Just this podcast <laughs> passed the battle test because we talk about Percy. We actually fail. <laughs> this is actually an anti-feminist podcast, so I'm so glad we've unearthed that. Oh, dear God. <laughs> okay, now it's time for some Raina chapters. Chapters 21 through 24. So chapter 21. After an accidental shadow jump to a cruise ship, their next jump ends up bringing Reyna home. Immediately, she recognizes the courtyard that they appear in. They're in San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Reyna wonders if this was really a coincidence or if somehow subconsciously she'd been drawn here or something else is going on because, like, it's not really on the way back between Europe and New York. It's kind of like going sa- a lot more south than they need to. So she's already a little on edge, wondering why why they ended up there. 
and her biggest fear has also always been coming back home. We can tell in her narration that there's like some some shit that went down at home, but she doesn't tell us what that is. She tries to focus on positive memories of her childhood with her sister Hilla, but she still feels the immediate like flight response and she just wants to wake Nico up from his post-shadow travel nap and force him to leave. But then she looks at him and she's like, I can't wake, wake this literal baby that I've adopted. <laughs> she's like, I want to protect him and let him sleep, so I guess I'll just stay here. She senses something weird in the balconies of the atrium that they're in and that they're letting Nico nap in. There's a movement that catches her eye and she spots a dark shape, but before she can draw her sword, a needle buries itself in her neck and her vision blurs and she collapses next to Nico. A cloth sack is rustled over her head and she's taken away somewhere. Raina gets kidnapped. Chapter 22. It turns out that Raina has been kidnapped by the hunters of Artemis, which like, what a what a dream to be kidnapped by the hunters of Artemis. Wow. Blessed. <laughs> Blessed, she really is. Which means that we get to see Talia Grace again. Uh, the hunters guide Reyna through a maze of corridors. Talia apologizes for kidnapping Reyna, but they're in a secret lair that belongs to the Amazons. So the hunters have been actually working with the Amazons. They don't see eye to eye on everything. It kind of mentions how like the hunters just have no con. Don't want boys aren't allowed, but the Amazons keep the boys around to do their dirty work, basically, and. Uh, work at their factory, Amazon.com, <laughs> with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> so. I want the story of the Amazons and the, like, uh, enemies to lovers, Amazon and hunters. Same, honestly. Like, yeah. it says they just, like, they don't see eye to eye, but since Gaia's been stirring, they've decided to, like, really work together because they have kind of similar missions. Ooh, an enemies to lovers romance between, like, one in each would be so good. Yeah, that's exactly what so I was thinking. And it's forbidden. Write it. Yeah. Mm. Um, please keep it PG. <laughs> yeah, please keep it, it PG. And then feel the urge to send it to yeah. us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't you. have to keep it PG, but if you don't, like, you don't need to share that with us. Because yeah. I feel like that's, you know, <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> a little weird. The hunters are in Puerto Rico because they got Nico's message about Orion hunting them and were hoping to intercept them. Since men aren't allowed near the Amazon facility unless authorized, they have hunters keeping an eye on Nico and Coach Hedge outside. Talia leaves Reyna with some other hunters who lead her into a warehouse where Reyna comes face to face with none other than her big sister, Hilla. A little family reunion back at their home. Mm -hmm. Chapter 23. Marina always has some mixed feelings about her sister. She says that she loves her, but their past is really complicated, and they don't really, like, they haven't really handled things in the same way. Hilla confirms that some of her followers are daughters of Akadi and that they were able to intercept the shadow travel to specifically make them land where they did, so Reyna's kind of hunch that it couldn't have just been a coincidence was correct. She was worried about Orion, who takes a special interest in hunting Amazons and hunters, or really any female who dares to be strong. One of mm. the hunters, Phoebe, who was there in the ancient times, explains just how awful Orion is. He was a close friend of Artemis's, who crossed the line and fell in love with Artemis, to which Hilla says, Always happens with men. They promise friendship. They promise to treat you as an equal. In the end, all they want is to possess you. 
which I was like, damn. <laughs> Very true. Damn. Yikes. But, like, there's precedent for it. Mm. Ever since he rose from Tartarus, Orion, he's had it out specifically for Artemis and strong women. He likes to attack the hunters when Artemis is away so that they're weaker. He won't attack when she's there, probably because he's afraid, because he's a little bitch. Mm. He also hates the Amazons and sabotages their warehouse, which I was like, supply chain issues? (laughs) Is that you, Orion? (laughs) You can say that from now on. Yeah, it's just Orion just being silly. It's not like the, the collapse of capitalism. It's just No, Orion. nothing with that. Reyna figures out that Hilla isn't actually there to catch up with her dear sister. She is using them as bait to catch Orion. They at least offer to give Reyna, Nico, and Hedge some supplies for their trip, but won't help them actually get to New York, which I thought was like, wow. Of course. Yeah. But then Kinsey, one of the Amazons, comes in and whispers something to Hilla. They've lost contact with the outer defenses. The doors behind Reyna then explode open. Chapter 24. Hilla grabs Reyna and pulls her to leave, citing that their quest must succeed and her guards will buy them time. Dozens of wolves surge into the warehouse, and Reyna glances back to see several bodies of the fallen, including Phoebe, that hunter who has lived for thousands of years. And I also had in my notes, I was like, Phoebe was the one who, like, way back in Titan's Curse was supposed to go on the quest with them. But, like, her shirt got poisoned or whatever by the Hermes boys. She was supposed to go on the quest, but she didn't. And then Percy ended up taking her spot sneakily. Yeah. Yeah. What a different outcome it would have been. Like, Rick brings this character back and just, just like, I'm gonna murder her. her. Also, like, the same thing with Zoe, too. Like, there's a sense of, like, at least with Zoe, her death was, like, really heroic. This death yeah. is sad. It's just kind it's... of like a minor character who's lived for thousands of years and this is what brings her down. By, like, the most, the worst man possible that hates them. Mm. Hilla then leads Reyna through a trapdoor, which actually leads right into their own home. When she describes the layout of the house, when Reyna does to us, we get hints that their dad, like their dad wasn't a good guy, or there was something going on with him, or he was abusive. As Reyna and Hilla used to hide in the hearth and pretend it was a secret hideout and like hide specifically from their dad. So we learn that there's something, some kind of trauma there with her dad. Hilla tells Reyna that she actually owns their old home now and she's been trying to reclaim her past. And she kind of makes comments to Reyna about like, well, you're the one who like avoids it and runs from it and I am reclaiming it. Reyna asks Hilla if she's seen, quote, them, which is referring to the good old house ghosts. They have a, it's a haunted house, which is very neat. Hilla marches towards the front door, and Reyna remembers her last day at this house when she was ten, her father's angry roar echoing through the room in a chorus of wailing ghosts on the balconies. She runs- I know, right? It's, like, really dark. She runs for the exit before the past can consume her, and immediately she finds her sister facing Orion outside. So, Orion is actually kind of hot, according to Reyna. So unfortunate. I know. She's like, he's actually nice looking if he wasn't- the worst. Mm. He looks like he could be Robin Hood's evil, better-looking brother, is how she describes it. Mm. I wouldn't, wouldn't personally... I mean, Robin Hood, all I think of is the fox. Me too! I was about to be like, I mean, I guess. Yeah. So people are into the fox from Zootopia, so maybe people they're are into the fox from Robin Hood. The OG fox. The OG fox. <laughs> the fox from Robin Hood walked 
So the fox <laughs> from Zootopia could <laughs> run. Could fly. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I don't... When you say more attractive Robin Hood, I'm like, so a fox? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, except he has bronze mechanical eyes that Reyna says ruins the image. Um, Reyna taunts Orion to buy herself some time as she thinks of a way to defeat him. Orion asks her to tell him where the statue is, which tells Reyna that Phoebe's efforts to cloak the statue worked, and so he clearly can't see it because it's just kind of sitting there. And Nico and Hedge, she thinks to herself that Nico and Hedge could continue on with the statue while she and Hilla fight Orion and they can complete the quest. So together they charge at Orion. The sisters are super badass, including Hilla flipping a whole ass car onto Orion, which is very Damn. cool of her. So cool. Then Hedge and Nico appear, along with the hunters of Artemis, who didn't die from the wolves, and Orion. Talia grabs Reyna's arm and tells her that they must go. And Hilla demands that she leave and that she'll delay Orion as long as possible. They make to leave, but then Reyna looks up at her old home and sees her family house crowded with ghosts now who are all glaring at her and saying, traitor, murderer, and Reyna is frozen with fear. So Nico comforts her and tells her that it's all right, because Nico obviously is very, very connected with the ghosts. He's like, mm -hmm. oh, I see them. And Talia takes her other arm. They run for the Athena Parthenos as Greek fire explodes behind them, and Reyna hears in her mind, Murderer, traitor, you can never flee your crime. Which is very Jesus. cool. So cool. So creepy. Really dark. Great tension in this chapter. I loved it. I thought it was a good exploration, too, of, like, her childhood trauma in the sense that, like, it was very well written in that we still don't know what happened, but we can get... We know how it affected her. And we can tell it's something with her family and her dad specifically. Also, it, it kind of makes you understand why she, and besides the obvious reasons that we agree with, why she understands Nico so well out mm -hmm. of all of the people who've met him. She's been haunted by her own ghost. Like, if she's been seeing ghosts mm -hmm. since she was a child, probably really made her feel isolated and she probably understands Nico. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. They're they're trauma bonding. Oh, yeah. I thought this. I thought these were were really well done chapters, and they leave me they leave me wanting more. And I honestly don't fully remember like what happened, um, and what that backstory is. So I'm excited to get a refresher on that. Yeah, and it's been fun. Like, I've been, I actually, like, ended up reading ahead for these Piper Ooh. chapters last time because I was like, oh, wait, what happens? I forgot. And it's fun. Like, I definitely have enjoyed this, I think, the most of the series so far. Ooh. I think mostly because I don't remember it. So it's been yeah. really enjoyable. Yeah. And the stakes are getting higher. Like, the stakes are a lot higher in this book because we're reaching the end of this arc. And so there's kind of a clear path forward. There's clear goals, clear risks. Also, it's um, like we said earlier, we know that Percy and Ambeth don't have point of views, but they're still mm -hmm. really well represented. So it's still yes. really fun to read them as side characters. Um, and we know it going in. So I mm -hmm. definitely am enjoying that more. Just like not waiting for like skipping through to be like, where is Percy? Where is him unpacking his dra uh, trauma, which honestly is kind of nice. 
Because already all of the characters I don't think have been developed enough for my taste. And so yeah. by not including Percy and Annabeth in this book, we are able, especially after all the things that they've been through in the last book, we can actually sink into Reyna's trauma and Nico and all of the others a little bit better. That's true. There, We don't have them, like the Percy and Annabeth chapters to compare it to in this book. Exactly. I mean, we didn't in, in The Lost Hero either, but that book was just like... Ugh. I feel like he took on, he, it was a very like risky move to be like, oh, a Percy Jackson book, but Percy's not in this one. And the main character, one of the main characters doesn't remember things. Whereas this one, Percy is in it, but the POVs we have are characters that like could use a little more development. So it's cool to see them finally get that. All right. Are you ready for some lightning bolt round questions? Yes, I am. Okie dokes. So, what is your favorite moment of conquering fear? Now, this could be <laughs> whether uh, it's personal or if it's, like, a moment in fiction, like, movie, TV show, book that you read and you're like, yes, I'm so glad that that happened. Mm-hmm. An example, just to, like, jog your memory, and an iconic one is in the third Harry Potter when he thinks that his dad is coming for the mm. Dementors and it's him. I think that mm. one's a good one. That is a good one. I was thinking um, in the third Lord of the Rings when What's-Her-Face is like, I am no man and kills that so thing. so funny because that was mine. No. That just looks so good. <laughs> oh my god. It's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. And like you feel like you're there. Yeah. You're there with her. You're like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I know like I'm trying a, to think of like a personal one and I'm uh, like, no, what have I ever faced a fear? <laughs> doing a job interview like i don't know (laughs) well it's so fun too because that uh, i am no i am no man from the third lord of the rings it was so powerful because i was at most 10 years old right when i watched it and i remember maybe even younger and i remember just like also being a 10 year old who was really into fantasy at the time just being like yes i feel seen for the first time in my life what is this feeling is this feminism (laughs) Mm In a movie with two women in it. (laughs) (laughs) Who never speak to each other. No. Did you, did I ever tell you the time about, (laughs) I was at the bookstore. This is about Lord of the Rings and and representation. And Mike has read Lord, like the book. And I've never really, I love the movies. I've never really wanted to read the book because I'm like, you know, the movies have Orlando Bloom. The books have no Orlando Bloom and few women. And I was just like saying to Mike, I was like, there's not enough like female characters for me to like want to read it. And then some random guy who was there, like Mm. not talking to us is just like, what do you mean? There's no, there's not enough. And his girlfriend's with him, like, come on, babe. And he was just like, well, they're like, they're elves and stuff. So like, why are you like, why are you even complaining about that? And I was just like, God. I'm sure he is livid about the new, like, Rings of Power Oh, I'm sure he was like, black people should not exist in fantasy. I hope his girlfriend left him. She seemed really embarrassed do. for the co- and the interaction. Uh, I mean, it she should really have been, people. she should have left him a while back, just yeah. putting that out there. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Anyways. Yikes. Oh, man. Yeah. I guess I'll make mine the Harry Potter, because that was also very okay. defining when I was a child. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that one. Okay. My question is I was 
This feels like it could go really dark. It was Reyna doesn't want to return home. So what's a place that you never, that you're like, oh God, I never want to go there again. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry for the people who are from here or live here, but I mm. went to Denver a couple of, like a month ago. Oh, did you not like it? I hated we it. We never debriefed this. No, it was... I mean, people who are from Colorado really love Colorado. So Colorado, like, someone's think, gonna be offended. No, but I think Colorado as a state is beautiful. It it's is so yeah. naturally beautiful. There's so much to do outside of the city. The city itself. I was mm. con- and this is like I put two and two together when I was talking to people. I was like, well, you know, people were really like I'm used to. Like, for example, I loved Pittsburgh, and I didn't think mm. I was going to, but it was like everyone was so nice. And mm. just so welcoming and just so kind. And it's like pretty diverse and I liked it. Whereas this felt like the opposite where not only was it not diverse, everyone was like weirdly went out of their way to be kind of rude to me. And I kind of mm. put together, I was like, I, and I was the only person of color in the room. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Oh. Yeah. But it definitely felt like everyone was like, not like out, like extremely rude, but the places that I went, they were like, impolite like they mm. run into me like it's clearly that they like, can see me it just felt weird I don't know the yeah. vibes are really off and I did not like it I don't want to go back I have no interest in going that back. sucks yeah yeah I haven't spent much time in, in I've heard really good things about Boulder and honestly Boulder's I cute I went to Boulder yeah and I've heard like really good things about like we only stayed in the city like I've heard like going out and doing a lot of the hikes and being in the mountains and stuff is amazing and that's mm-hmm. why people love Colorado. I was just not a fan of Denver not a fan of Denver yeah sorry yeah. At Denver if you have suggestions to change my mind, please let me know. <laughs> I'm trying to think I feel like I was going more at like my answer I was like I don't want to go back to high school. <laughs> like to our high school oh like you know how some people will go and like visit their old teachers that's not for me yeah that's not something i would even if i wanted to stay in touch with the teacher i wouldn't like go to my high school it gives me anxiety just thinking about going there because they're mean i I still am afraid of teenagers (laughs) i feel like they'd be mean to me I don't, I mean, I would never go back to visit no. or like I've never had a desire. Like the once I graduated, I did not step, I have not stepped foot into our high school Same. ever again. But it doesn't, I, I feel like it doesn't give me hives in the way that it does you. So that's very interesting. That's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like anyone who wants to go back to their high school constantly is, is holding on to something that should yeah. go of. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Unless they have, like, a younger sibling. But even then, I would yeah. run. Run. Run away from your younger sibling. Wow. Who are you, Bianca? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then we got one more question from Jaden on Instagram. I thought this was relevant because it was the Piper chapter and the Arena chapter. But it was, who would you rather ship? Piper Beth, so Piper and Annabeth, or Raina Beth? Mm. I don't know. I mean, this... This set of chapters made me think Pipobeth. Right. It's a weird name. I'm not gonna it's lie. so weird. Yeah. I mean, we but say Persebeth. That's also kind of weird. <laughs> it would be really funny for Jason to have his exes date, like, or, you know, the girls that he's involved with date each other instead of him. I think Do you mean if it was Piper up. and Reyna instead? 
Oh. Break oh, the question. Mean, Make it yeah, Piper and sorry. Raina. I just assumed it was Piper and Raina. Mm-hmm. Raina and Annabeth. I'd feel really, really funny for Percy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, Piper Beth. I don't, I haven't seen a lot of, I feel Raina and Annabeth would end up analyzing something too hard and become depressed together. They'd end up like at war. <laughs> they would. <laughs> They're too intense. They need, like, the both of them need some lightness in their life. And yeah. Piper is a bit more light in some ways. Mm hmm. I agree. I think Pipe of Beth over Raina Beth. I'm still a Purse of Beth girl. Sorry. Obviously. Yeah. But I can I can see Pipe. I can see the appeal. Yeah. After this, this chapter, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh they, they work well together. It's just we love an OG Purse of Beth. Not even because I'm sad about Piper and Jason breaking up. It's Percy and Annabeth. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I'd take that too personally. Yeah. After everything. I'd have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> but Raina and Piper would be fun too. I kind of like Raina, that. I kind of like Raina. that alternate answer to the question. <laughs> I think they <laughs> were. Because Piper, Piper's like, you know, she's softer. I think yeah. they, could, they could have potential. They'd be cute. I they just, like, both a... do their own thing also. They're both pretty, like, they could be independent. Well, Raina's very independent. I think Piper has it in her. She just hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. I love that I just, like, chose, it was, like, option A or B, and I, like, wrote in C for this one. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I think that would be very interesting, for sure. I like that. I support it. All right. Well, we've made it to the end. Next week, we will be talking about chapters 25 through 32. So we're back to the boys, Jason and Nico. If you are interested in supporting us, you can find us on Patreon. The link in is it going to be in the episode description, as well as a link to send us an audio message. And you can follow us on social media at Camp Half Pod. Send us an email, camphalfpod at gmail.com. If you haven't already, don't like, feel free to give us a five-star review and uh, we'll on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. Yay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.